not alone. You church, you can have a seat. As you do, turn to a neighbor, tell them Happy New Year, right? Now turn to the other person that you just ignored, tell them Happy New Year, okay? Man, it's good to be here. Happy New Year. My name is Monty. I'm one of the pastors here at Meadows, and uh, I've already met quite a few first-time guests. We get them every week, and I'll never take it for granted. God is um, just blessing his church, and uh, I pray this is a blessing back to you. It should be. So God's given us a mission. Actually, before I get to that, if this is your first time watching online, listening online, here in the room, we want to connect with you. These connect cards, these green cards, they mean the world to me because once this place clears out here in four or five hours and we start tearing all this stuff down and put it back in a trailer, these are where I go because I want to know what God's doing because this is all I know is how people are responding to these. Who are the guests? Where, who's making decisions? Who's got prayer requests? So I love when you fill these out. I love when you let us pray for you. I love that. We love that. If you're a first-time guest, fill it out. Turn it into guest services, the green table, and we'll give you a gift just for being here online. Go to meadows.church slash connect. Fill that out, and uh, we will, I'll send you a gift, okay? Unless you're watching from, like, Russia. Then it'd be hard because it'd be expensive to send it all the way, wouldn't it? You know what? They matter. I would send it there somehow. I don't know how I would do it, but i figure it out. We want to give you a gift for being here. God's given the church a mission, leading people to Christ. And even as I say that, my prayer is that I hope every church lifting up the name of Jesus is wanting to do that. Like, we got to lead people to Jesus. That's what, it, that's what it's all about. That's what a church did for me. Saved my life. Saved my marriage. Saved, saved my family. And um, so we exist to lead people to Christ and their God-given purpose. Say purpose. See, purpose is where we get pretty specific at Meadows. And we want to guide you to purpose. I just believe that a lot of people just exist and they just drift around in mediocrity, but that's not God's plan for your life. He created you on purpose for a purpose, and I promise if you keep seeking him in his church, he will guide you to your God-given purpose. So with that said, we're in a series, a new series called uh, Breakthrough Prayer. And this series is so exciting for me. In fact, we have resources that we're giving you, uh, books that are in the Welcome Center. They're free. If it's free, it's for me. That's right. It's, it's Rachel's motto, and it's mine too. So if it's free, it's for me. Take a book. We're going to walk through those together. 21 days of breakthrough prayer and fasting. Technically, that 21 days starts next Sunday from the 10th to the, 30, from the, 10th to the 31st. And uh, online, uh, actually, we have resources online for you as well. Uh, we have a page called, well, our, our webpage, meadows.church slash breakthrough. And if you go there, you're going to see uh, resources for to the book that you have. There's audio that goes with it that you listen to after you read the book or you read your prayer for the day. And uh, there's resources about what we're going to talk about today and the Word of God. And also the fasting piece. This is the scary piece, actually. When it comes to fasting, I mean, in me eating, I eat fast, but it's hard for me to fast. I don't know about you. Uh, anybody ever fasted? Yeah, anybody ever fasted? Yeah. Okay, four of you, good job. So I'm just kidding. So uh, it, it is, it's, the reason I'm doing it is because Jesus did it and he, and he, and he models it. And, and fasting isn't just abstaining from food. That could be a big piece of it, but there's other ways to fast too and we list them on that website. So how, how can you fast from food? What are some good techniques and what ways you can do it? And then how do you fast from other things? Like maybe social media, right? Huh? I'm just saying, some of you should fast from that all year long. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. Uh, maybe we should fast from the news. 
from mainstream media. Huh? I could fast from that. I, in fact, I already am. So um, fasting is huge. And we, have, we haven't talked about it enough in this church, I don't think. So I'm super excited. So the resource, the book, is available for you today. Take one. The, the website, go on it and start preparing and start praying about how you can start fasting starting next Sunday as we do it together. This, I believe this, this series is going to be the most, it's, it's the biggest series we've ever taught as a church, guaranteed. I think it'll change. I, I don't think. I know it'll change your life if you lean into it. Believe it with all my heart. For those of you that you give back to God through the church, that we can do resources like this and equip you like this, thank you. Whether you give online or in the vases or texting, whatever, it doesn't matter. But I'll always tell you that you're not giving to just um, a facility. Church isn't a building. You're not giving to uh, lights or, or equipment. And that's not the church. People are the church. You're the church. And I'll never stop reminding you the greatest investment that we could ever make is to invest back into people, into marriages, into into people walking and breaking through addiction, into people stepping into purpose, into people being resurrected from the dead, into people coming to life in Christ. That's what we invest in. And if there's a picture I could give you, well, I'll give you a picture. In fact, I'll give you uh, a couple pictures together in this video. This is what you're investing in when you, when you give back to God through the church. Check out the video. He was dead for three days, buried, but on the third day, say three. That's right, on the third day, I love give God some praise I don't know I, I, I don't know how I can I, I mean, every time I watch that I just this is why we do what we do that represents life change some of you are desperate for it in fact I'll say more than some of you are desperate for it. I'm desperate for it in areas of my life so we're gonna go to God breakthrough prayer God we're lifting you up and we're praying for a breakthrough God I thank you so much for a new year but I don't want to. I don't want to just go into it with a bunch of like, hey, it's going to be everything's going to be different because nothing changes until something changes. Why I'm so excited right now, God, is because there are people engaged online. 
There are people watching all over the country and all over the world. There are people here physically today leaning in, wanting something from you, wanting to uh, break through an area of their life, an area in maybe in their marriage or in their family or in their job or in their finance or just in their soul as they're hurting and struggling. God, this is it. Do something miraculous today, God. That's what you're in the business of doing. So it feels weird to even ask you because I know that you want to. So God, we welcome it. We, we, we ask you boldly in the name of Jesus that you show up in such a way that we can't deny that you were here moving and working in our lives. I lift up people that are hurting and struggling. I lift up people that even right now are holding back emotion and tear, tears because of something or, or uh, things that are going on in their life or in their family. God, the Bible says that um, you, are those, you are with those that are brokenhearted and that we are to cast our cares and our worries to you. Because why? You care for us. God, thank you for carrying us. Thank you for never leaving us. Thank you for not leaving us where we're at, but taking us with you on a journey that if we, if we go, we'll never be the same again. As we pray it, think about it. Think about the words. If you don't know it, it's okay. We're going to put the words right up on the screen, but we love praying it as a family. And as you pray this, think breakthrough. Think, God, what are you going to do? God, what do you have me here for? God, why am I listening? God, why am I watching? Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. See, as you do, I'm going to ask you a question. You can raise your hand if you're watching online. Hand, Give your hand raise emoji. But uh, most of the hands will go up, because I'm just asking you, have you ever... Raise your hand if you have ever prayed a prayer at all. Ever. Have you ever prayed a prayer? Yeah. Most hands are up. Most, most hand raise emojis all over the place because, yeah, at one time or another, studies even say this, everybody, almost everybody, ha has prayed a prayer. And then you might have not, not know who you're praying to, somebody or something, but you've lifted up a prayer, you've lifted up a praise, you've cried out to, to something or someone. I, my family, I grew up in a, in a, in a family of prayer. I, my, my background is Catholic, so many nights in the Gannon household, six kids, so my mom would like line us up, not line us up, but put us around the bed on our knees, and we would get out something called the rosary. If you don't know what a rosary is, it's like that necklace, and it's got those beads, and it's got the cross, and we would pray a part of the rosary, and you might be thinking, well, why didn't you pray the whole rosary? Okay, because we had to get to bed before two in the morning, that's why. Okay, the, anybody ever prayed the rosary? Some of you, so yeah, some of you are familiar with it. So you, 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 each bead represents a prayer. So we would kneel at the bed and we'd pray like a decade, which you can guess is, is 10 prayers, and then there's a prayer on each side of it. And the 10 prayers that you pray, it's the same prayer. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed are the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. 
See, I prayed it so many times that I'll never forget it. Because you pray it, and then you go to the next bead, and you pray it, and you go to the next bead, and you pray it. And I'll, I'll admit, as a kid, I didn't understand. I didn't understand, like, why do we got to keep doing it over and over? Like, I didn't, and I'll never, like, stand up here and, and, and like, badmouth the Catholic faith or anything, because that's where I got my foundation for Christ. But there was things I didn't get like that. Like, why are we doing it over and over? Like, like is God sitting up in heaven, and, and, and he's waiting for that magic number? Like, he's like, oh, there's number eight. Mm-hmm. Well, there's number nine. Okay. Number 10 right there. All right, Michael, Gabriel, grab the other angels. Let's go. We're, I mean, what? Is it, is the, why? Why do we keep praying this prayer over and over? But that's what we did. And one time, so Jake and Ava, my, my youngest kids, weren't familiar with that prayer or the rosary. And we went to a funeral and they were praying the rosary afterwards. And Jake was next to me and we're kneeling and we're kind of going through it. And they, we're on our, like our third Hail Mary and they start praying it again. And Jake's like, again? And I'm like, Jake, get comfortable. Okay, we're just getting started right now. It was, we were dialed in. But so let me ask you to raise your hand again if this applies to you. How many of you online or here today, you've ever been frustrated with some aspect of prayer? You ever been frustrated? Yeah, yeah. I I, I was frustrated with the repetitive nature. In fact, I did research for you in preparation for today. and, And I looked up some things that people were frustrated about when it comes to praying. Uh, one of them was uh, repetitive. Prayer is just repetitive. It happens over and over and over, and I don't understand it. So that was one of the things that, that was uh, in, on the list. Another one was, is anyone listening? You ever thought that? Is, does anyone even hear what I'm doing, or do, do I just look like some moron talking to myself? Is there anyone listening out there? Another one, this might apply to some of you, I don't know what to pray about. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, okay, I'm praying, God, help me, you know, help my family, and I pray for the country, and okay, what else? I mean, you hear about people going into prayer closets and prayer rooms for hours, only coming out just for a drink of water and then going back in. Okay, that will never be me. Okay, I, it won't be. I, I love praying, but I, I could never, like, go into a prayer room for hours. I'd be like, I could if there was a TV in there or something, but other than that, I just, there'd be no way. I, 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 very, I just get to the point. That's just where I'm at. It's kind of like my wife, Jody. She talks to her mom every day. Like every day. And, I, and some of you maybe do that with your parents. I, I, I feel kind of convicted right now because I probably don't reach out to my mom enough. So you can pray for that for your pastor. But, but, but Jody and her mom talk probably every day. And I'm like, I'm like what are you talking about? I, I don't even get it. What were you? How are the kids? Okay, they're, they're the same as they were 12 hours ago when we talked. I, what's changed? Hey, what's the weather? Okay, there's an app for that. Just look it up. I, what are we talking about? I, so you, 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 you maybe you just, um, you, uh, what am I saying? You don't know what to pray about. That was that one. How about you have a hard time focusing? Anybody have a hard time focusing when you pray? Like you start praying and pretty soon you're off in left field somewhere. It's like, I've got the best intentions. Like it can be the middle of the day and I'm like, all right, God, I'm thinking about you right now. So I'm going to shoot up a prayer. It's midday. God, we are, we're halfway there. So God, I just thank you so much. We are, we, we are halfway there. God, I, I'm lifting up a prayer. God, take my hand and we'll make it, I swear. Well, and pretty soon I'm off in left field. Me and Bon Jovi, I don't know where God went, but it's, I get off track. Maybe you do too. What about praying out loud? Like that's, that can be frustrating, also intimidating, right? So it, when you have somebody pray out loud, I mean, it, it, it can put pressure on you. Now, some of you, you, even when I say that, you get kind of nervous. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick two or three of you just to pray out loud right now. And I'm just kidding. You're like, people are already looking for the door. I'm not going to do that, but I think it'd be funny. So 
But how about praying out loud? Or you want to know the number one frustration? You probably already guessed it. Well, God isn't answering my prayers anyway. I pray to God. I've talked to God. I, I put out the request. I, I asked for the person to get sick or get to get well, and they're still sick. <laughs> Are you praying? Now you know what I really pray. God, get them. Okay, so uh, I had, that was bad. That wasn't supposed to come out. Um, so yeah, I asked for the person to get well, and they're, they're, they're still sick. I asked for the situation to turn around, and it didn't, it didn't turn around, right? I asked for God to bring a man in my life, and all I got is this dog. Okay, well, you know what? You should, that's probably God answering your prayers because guys are a lot of work, aren't we? I'm just saying. That's what my wife says. So I mean, we are. So God might be answering your prayer just with the dog. Be happy. So, but if God, like, like he's not answering my prayer. And plus, if God knows the outcome anyway, and God knows my heart, like, what's the purpose? Right? So, but then you hear stories of people that are like, prayer changed my life. I prayed to God, and he showed up in a miraculous, amazing way. Like, like God did this through a prayer. And you hear these stories, and you're like, wow. So, so maybe there is something to it. And that can even give you animosity, because why is God answering your prayers, but he isn't answering my prayers? So what's the purpose in all this? In fact, that's the title of today's message. Prayer, what is the purpose? Like, what's the purpose of prayer? See, I told you earlier, this, this series, for me... I know this is the biggest series in our church that we've ever preached. And for you, I kid you not, this could be the biggest moment, biggest month, biggest opportunity, biggest breakthrough that you've ever had if you lean in. Breakthrough prayer. And as I prayed about, like I knew God led us to a series called prayer. But I'm like, okay, God, what theme? Where are we going to go with it? And And I thought, okay, who had the biggest breakthrough in the word of God? Like, if you think of all the characters, where was the biggest breakthrough? Okay, I won't even make you answer that. I'll just tell you. Jesus had the biggest breakthrough. The answer is always Jesus, by the way. If you ever get quizzed about church, the answer is always Jesus. You can't go wrong. So Jesus had the biggest breakthrough in his life. So I'm looking at Jesus' life, and I go to Luke 11.1. In Luke 11.1, the disciples, one of the disciples goes to Jesus. And listen to what he says. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, that's huge right there. On that website I gave you earlier, um, meadows.church slash breakthrough, you'll, you'll see something about a certain place. As he finished, one of the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. Now, now think about that. I read that and I thought, here are the disciples. And of all the things they could ask Jesus, they ask him, Teach us to pray. And it must have been a good question because Jesus doesn't rebuke them. Jesus doesn't say, oh, why would you ask for that? Jesus does what they, does what they say or what they asked. And I'm like, you could have asked anything. Like, Jesus is the greatest leader who's ever led. You could have said, Jesus, teach, put on a leadership seminar. Teach us how to lead like you lead. He's the greatest teacher who ever taught. Jesus, teach us to teach like you teach. You're amazing. How about healing? Jesus is healing people. Jesus is touching people and they're getting well. They're seeing, they're hearing, they're living. Why, why wouldn't they say, Jesus, enroll us in healing 101. Teach us how to heal like you heal. But they don't ask for any of that. They, they say, Jesus, teach us to pray. And, and then on top of it, and this, this I've never caught before, but as I studied for today, 
Just as John, they're talking about John the Baptist. Just as John taught his disciples. That, that, that was weird to me. So I don't know if there's one, one instance in the word of God where we see John the Baptist praying. I don't know of one. Um, obviously he prayed a lot because the disciples witnessed him doing that. But when I think of John the Baptist, I don't, oh, his prayer life, that's what he's known for. No, I think of some dude, grizzly dude in the wilderness, dressed weird, eating locusts and honey, you know, baptizing people. I think that. I think about him getting beheaded because he did. I mean, sorry, John, but that's what I think about when I, you know. So, but I don't think, oh, John's prayer life, John the Baptist's prayer life, but that's what they said. So, so when you think about that, what's weird about that is John the Baptist was an amazing man of God. Like, Scripture says John the Baptist was filled with the Spirit before he was even born, okay? But yet here, he still prays all the time. Like, John the Baptist ushered in Jesus, his ministry, and then baptized the Son of God, okay? And he's praying all the time? Jesus himself declared that John the Baptist, I'll quote it, Jesus said, of all who have ever lived, no one, okay, listen to the statement, no one, say no one, no one was greater than John the Baptist. Okay, that's bold. And yet John had to pray. Okay, so what can we learn? So if John the Baptist, the greatest person who ever lived besides Christ himself, prayed in all these cases, and was this, was this known for his prayer, how much more should we pray? But, but, but even that, even as I tell you that, that's not even the biggest argument for the power and purpose of prayer. The biggest argument is Jesus. Jesus was a man of prayer. He's the son of God. And he is a man of prayer. In fact, up to this point in the story, when the disciples walked up and asked Jesus, hey, teach us to pray. Up to that point, we see Jesus praying at his baptism. We see Jesus praying before he chose his 12 disciples. We witness Jesus praying as the crowds increased. We see Jesus praying uh, when, before he asked the 12 for their confession of faith. Who am I? We see Jesus praying at what's called the transfiguration, this epic moment on top of a mountain. We see Jesus praying all those times. Plus the disciples saw Jesus praying all the time as he, as he went off alone to pray. And that, that just, that's crazy. Why would Jesus pray? I mean, he's God. Jesus is God with a bod, right? Sorry, that was weird. But he is. He is, and he's praying. So, so I think someone just caught it. Good job. So um, I think, uh, I think we've deduced prayer to something kind of simple and maybe too simplified. I think when we think of prayer, maybe, maybe me, I'll just point the finger at me. It's like, I'm going to make a request. I'm going to ask God what I want or need, and then I'm going to hope that he grants that request. Prayer is so much bigger than that. Prayer is so much bigger than God just granting your request or my request. It is so much bigger. Prayer isn't just that, but it's actually us growing in a relationship with God. This is prayer. What if I told you, and maybe you've never thought about it this way, but prayer is literally a gift from God. It is a gift from God for us, for you. You were created in his image. It's not for other creation. It's not for the animals. It's not for the earth. It's for us that we can engage with God, that, that we can connect with God. Jake, for your birthday, you were given a gift. It was an a iPhone, right? Used, but it works fine. I mean, but so your dad's old phone, the old handoff, right? 
just what you wanted. So, but why did we give you that, Jake? We gave Jake that because we wanted to connect with him. We wanted to engage with him. We also wanted to know what he was up to. So, I mean, there's multiple reasons, but it's, it was this connection that we had. At the end of the day, hear this. Prayer is way more than just a result. It isn't just about a result. It's about a relationship. I'll say it again. Prayer is not about a result. It is about a relationship. Prayer is not about a result. It's about a relationship. Prayer isn't just getting what I want. Prayer is actually us connecting with God and then getting on the same page so that that he can use us to carry out his will. I mean, not so much what we want because our plans, I mean, how many know that God's plans are a little better than ours? I know we think we know what's best, but my track record proves I don't, okay? So prayer, I wrote it down this way. It's asking God to use us to accomplish what he wants. Like Jesus said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. That's what Jesus was quoted saying. Okay, so Jesus, how would you know what, what the Father wants you to do unless you connect with the Father? Like, God, Jesus, how would you know what your heavenly Father uh, has for your marching orders for the day unless you're engaging with him, unless you're talking to him? This, uh, I only do what the Father tells me. Okay, I don't know about you, but I can't say that. Okay, there are many instances where I've done what my stupid self tells me to do. I mean, I don't know if you c- can relate. And normally after I do that, my friends have to show up and pay a bail bondsman some money. But that's what goes down there. It's not good. That's actually only happened once or twice. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So um, prayer is not about a result. Prayer is about a relationship. Prayer is not about a result. Prayer is about a relationship. The pr- and the purpose of prayer, it is not to get my will done in heaven. The purpose of prayer is not to get your will done in heaven, but the purpose of prayer is to get God's will done on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is prayer. God, that your will be done. Throughout this month, church, I hope you will come back every week if you're here in the room. I hope you'll invite online. I hope you'll continually engage online. It will be huge. I don't want you missing even a week because this it all pieces together. But throughout this series, throughout this um, breakthrough prayer, you may have already guessed it, we're going to pull apart what Jesus said after the disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus said, okay, I'll do that. And what Jesus said next is what's called, well, what we know as the Lord's Prayer. Now, it's not called the Lord's Prayer because Jesus prayed it, okay? Jesus didn't have to pray. Did Jesus ever have, ever have to pray for forgiveness? No, no. This isn't the Lord's Prayer because Jesus prayed it. It's the Lord's Prayer because he taught us to pray it. That's why it's the Lord's Prayer. So it's found in its entirety in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. It'll sound very familiar as we read it together. The only difference might be, we'll say debts and debtors instead of trespasses. Um, Later in the scripture, if you keep reading, this is the New King James. If you keep reading, you'll see that it talks about trespasses. It means the same thing. So don't let that word trip you up. But other than that, it's going to sound very familiar. But this this is what Jesus taught them. These are the words that Jesus spoke. This is it. This is our pattern. It's way bigger than just this prayer. This prayer gives us a, 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 um, kind of an outline of how we are to pray. Pray this with me, will you? Let's do this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Come on. Your kingdom come. Your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This prayer, why, why repetitive prayers, I always get a little bit, like you heard my story earlier, I grew up praying a lot of repetitive prayers. I don't think there's anything wrong with them. I don't. I think God honors that and loves that. But for me, it was, I really just started to go through the motions. I really did not understand. I, I mean, I didn't, it was just words for me to, to move on to the next thing. And the next thing, this prayer is something that many of you know. But in this series, we're going to pull, pull it apart in such a way that it's going to become so, I pray, intimate and so real and so personal because we don't pray, because prayer isn't about, isn't about a result. Prayer is about a relationship. It is so key. It is so key that we catch this. And you know what hit me with that prayer? Here's what hit me when I read it. As I prepared for, the, for today, it's, it's not a singular prayer. It's plural. It, it, that's the, I, I, thought, I never thought about that before. Our Father, give us this day. Forgive us. Lead us. Deliver us. I'm telling you, when you pray in the will of God, it doesn't just impact you, but I promise you, it will be a blessing to all God's people everywhere. It's way bigger than you, and it's way bigger than me. It impacts so many people. Jesus is teaching us. We're finding out, oh my gosh, when I pray under the power and the will of God, it, it is impacting my friends. It is impacting my family. It is impacting people I've never met. It, it is so huge. I mean, I, I've never seen that. Our Father. Everything is plural with Jesus. He has so much more in mind. And I already told you it's the Lord's Prayer, not because Jesus prayed it, but because he taught us to pray it. Why did you teach us that, Jesus? Because prayer is not just about a result. It's not about just rubbing a lamp, but it's about a relationship. And, and if you want to talk about the will of God and, and asking God to do what what. Uh, he wants to do, it doesn't get any more relational or intimate than a time when Jesus himself was praying in a garden. And in that garden, he was getting ready to go to the cross. So he prays a prayer that's, I mean, it almost seems strange that it would come from a perfect person like Jesus. Almost like Jesus, you're trying to get out of it. Like you're, you're trying to bail on the mission. That's what it could come across as you first read it. I'll read it to you. And I'll tell you something about it. Jesus prays this when he's in the garden. Now, he's, getting, he's gonna get arrested soon after this. And after he gets arrested, I mean, it, he quickly goes to the cross. And, and that's, that's something that we'll never comprehend, but I'm sure grateful for it. Luke twenty two forty two. 42. This is the Lord Jesus speaking to his father. Father, if you're willing. Okay, right there, he's saying, God, it's your will. But then he gets so intimate and personal. He gets so real and raw. This is Jesus. Listen to what he says. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. That's crazy. The, the king of king and lord of lords is, is, is asking his father, God, if there's any other way. Like he starts it by saying, God, your will be done. And he closes it the same way. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. So he sandwiches his prayer between God's will, God's will, but in the middle, 
Jesus gets so real and raw. And this is why I will tell you, when you pray to God, when you pray to your Father, get real. You get raw. If you're ticked off, you tell him. He's okay. He knows already. But he loves to hear it from you. If you're mad or you're scared or you have fear, tell him. If you're mad at him, tell him. Whatever it is, Jesus is teaching us. So Jesus, again, if you're willing, take this cup of suffering from me. God, I, like, do you understand something, right? Jesus was fully human. Fully human. That's why he can relate so much to your struggles. The depression that you struggle with. The loneliness that you feel. The isolation that you put yourself in. The situations that are all messed up in your life. All the crazy thinking that you do. All the messed up, all the mistakes that you make. Jesus not only knows them, but he can relate. Jesus struggled in his life. He never sinned, but, but he had this human struggle like we do. And he says right here to the Father, God, I know this is why you sent me. I know this is why I came to earth as a human. But I'm telling you, please, we'll never understand. I know I won't. We think of the cross, oh my gosh, a horrible death, and it would be. My gosh, nails and, 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 and suffocating and hanging for six hours and just bleeding. Be horrible. That was, that was this much of the problem. Jesus wasn't crying out about that. You know what he's crying out about? His relationship with his father. What Jesus knew is that when he would take the sins of the world, of the world, what he knew had to happen was it would separate him from his father for the first time ever. That they would be separated because, you know, God and sin can't coexist. It's impossible. So he knows that that cross isn't just a physical torture. He isn't talking about that. He's like, Father, I don't, I don't want, I need to connect with you. I need you. I need you to... I need you. You've been guiding me. You've been loving me. You've been teaching me. You've been, I do what you tell me to do. And if you tell me to do this, I'll do it. But if there's another way, there was no other way. But I love that Jesus asked. He could have been all pious and religious. Well, this is the will of God and God, your will be done. And I'll just go march to the cross. No, he's begging God, please. And you know what you know what he had me? He calls him Father. How does he start the Lord's Prayer? Our Father. He says it both times in these prayers. I wrote down true prayer depends on a relationship with God. And that relationship enables us to call him Father. Don't miss that. We're not gonna get real far in pulling apart the Lord's Prayer today. You know how far I'm gonna get? Our Father. Our Father. Say our Father. Our Father. Even when I say Father, I know that there's a lot of, man, there's a lot of feeling, a lot of emotions that can come up because we've all, we all have an earthly dad. Whether you have him anymore or not in your life, whether he was in your life or wasn't, whether you would, he would be considered a good father or not, a present father or not, a loving father or not, all those things come up and can bubble up in us when we hear the word father. For me, I'll tell you, even preparing for this message, and I knew that all we were going to pull apart was our father. 
And I, and I thought, you know, so when I was 10 years old, six kids, remember? So we're, we're, we're paddling in the car. We live 15 miles out of, t- out of this little small town. And we're driving in for the spring Salem St. Mary's pageant for school. School's getting done. And five of us kids paddling the car. My brother was still home. I don't know why he was skipping that, but he did. Probably because he, he was in high school. So yeah he, yeah, he didn't care. So he was home and my mom drove us. And as we left our farmhouse that day, I never knew that that would be the last time I'd ever see my dad. Never had any idea. It, the, the pageant gets over. And some of you, you maybe have heard this before. I think I've told it one time before where we get done and we Salem, South Dakota, and we get out and we're outside getting back in the car and we see the ambulance just take off out of town. We're like, oh, wonder where they're going. And we jump in the car and we drive. Ambulance turns, we turn. Like, interesting. We turn again down a gravel road, kind of, kind of, kind of a desolate place, but it turns. I'm like, what? And then all of a sudden it turns ahead of us into our driveway. And, and what happened next was all kind of a blur to me, but I go inside and there's already people there and didn't have a clue what was going on. All I remember, like it just happened, like yesterday, is I, I sat down on this chair and uh, my mom came and she knelt before me and she said, you, you know, you're, I, I, I should probably use more eloquent words, but what I heard was, your dad's gone. And I remember like slow motion, I look over like into the living room, kid you not, and there's my dad laying on the, on the, in the living room with a blanket over him. And I thought about that this week as I prayed for you and me. And I thought, if someone were to ask me, what is the memory you have of your earthly father? It wouldn't be anything that my dad ever said. I, I don't know if I can think of one statement or anything. The memory that I have was that at nighttime, not every night, but some nights before bed, I climb up on his lap and, 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 and he'd say goodnight to me and we'd hug. And what I remember, like it was just, I can picture it right now as I'm talking to you. What I remember is his whiskers rubbing against my cheek. That's it. The connection, this connection, this relationship. That's what I remember. Prayer is not about a result. It is about a relationship. It's so intimate. As much as maybe your earthly dad has let you down, I'm talking about a perfect father. A perfect dad. I wrote down prayer. It's about us pursuing our father. But what if your father's also pursuing you? What if he's pursuing you? What if that's why you're here? What if that's why you're watching? What if that's why you're listening? Because God is pursuing you. I mean, think about it. Somebody created everything. What if that's something or someone? What if he's personal? What if he really does care? What if he does listen when I talk? What if it's like he's right next to me? What if, it's, what if this is true? If I were to summarize the word of God to you, do you know what it is? From, from Genesis 3, after the fall, after sin, all the way through the end of Revelation, God chasing you. That's what it is. 
It's the Father pursuing you. It's the Father chasing you. But you know what hits me? Say, Our Father. Okay, Our Father. This series won't be impactful for you unless He's your Father. What do you mean, Pastor? What do you mean, unless He's my Father? What I mean is this. God is a God to everyone. True? True. Whether you believe in God or not, I mean, that has nothing to do with it. There is a creator, there is a God, and he is everyone's God, whether we acknowledge it or not. Is he everyone's father? No. So how can I pray our father? How can Jesus be in a garden? Father. Because Jesus was his son. There was this relationship. So the best way I can explain this to you is we're born sinners. You, you probably already know that. You figure that out. We screw up. So, so that separates us from God. So the Bible says that because Jesus went to that cross like I talked about and did that, we can be, we can be adopted back into the family. So, so we're, we're not like, like when we're separated, he's not my father. He's God, but he ain't my father. As much as we want to believe he is, he's not. It, it, that's the whole reason that he sent Jesus. I want to give you a scripture to help you with it because it can be kind of confusing. In Ephesians, Paul writes to a church and, he, and he's explaining it to them. Ephesians 1, 5, and 6. Listen to this. God decided in advance to adopt you and me into his family. So if he's adopting us, that means we must have been apart from him at one time, right? Otherwise, he wouldn't be adopting us. So he's adopting us into his family by bringing us to him through Jesus. Jesus is the key. This is what he wanted to do. It gave him great pleasure. Oh, he wants to be your father. So we praise God for the glorious grace. You can't earn it. You just got to receive it. That he poured out on us, for who, on us who belong to his dear son. I want to read it one other time in what's called a message translation. It's really a paraphrase by a guy named Eugene Peterson who wrote it in kind of layman's terms. Um, listen to how he writes the same scripture. How blessed is God. What a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ. And he takes us to the high places of blessing with him. Oh, if you knew the places your father wanted to take you. Oh, if you knew, you'd go to him all the time. Long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had you and me on his mind. We're it. He had settled on us as the focus of his love to be, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, God decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus. What pleasure he took in planning this. God decided to adopt. God decided to adopt. So he's made his decision, and that's evident with, with what Jesus did for you and I. The question is, what do we do with it? The Word of God says most people decide not to let God adopt them. And he remains their God, but not their Father. True story. That's what the Bible says. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for you, and I don't want that for me. I want God to become your Father for this series to have meaning, for you to pull apart a, a prayer called, a lot of times, our Father, He has to be your Father. There's, there's no reason to even, 
I mean, even if you don't believe, I want you to continue coming, but I'm telling you, I'm still, he's pursuing you. He doesn't want to just be your God. He wants to be your father. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus is the only one who can turn God from God to father. He's it. There is no other way. There is no other way. Remember in the garden? Remember when Jesus said, God, if there's another way? And, and God's like, there's not. You're it, son. And Jesus would go to the cross. And some of you, you know the story. He did get crucified. And what that did is it took away our sins. It, it forgave us. You can't earn it. You don't get to heaven because you're good. That's what I used to think. If I'm good, I go to heaven. If I'm bad, I go to hell. No, no, no. It's not about what you do. It's about who you know. Do you know Jesus? Is it relational, remember? It's not about a result. Results means I got to do it. I got to earn it. I got to be good. And I got to uh, do all this. And if I'm not, then I'm back down here. No, it's a relationship. So Jesus dies on a cross. But that wasn't even the miracle. A lot of people died on a cross. You know where the miracle kicked in? Three days later. Three days later, Jesus Christ did something that no other God that people claim ever did. So Jesus, three days later, when they went to the place where they put his dead body, they went there and the tomb was empty, it said. There was no body. Nobody expected no body, but there was no body. Why? Because the King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, had risen from the dead, defeating sin, defeating death, defeating the devil. And this is why you can call him Father. That's it. So, Pastor, how do I do it? How can you go from God to Father? Call on his name. Believe what I just told you. The Word of God says it. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died and he rose. And when you, when you ask him to forgive your sins and make you new, he'll do it. And when that happens, he goes from God to Father. And when he goes to Father, then there's a relationship. But until that happens, you can say all the words you want. It doesn't matter. Relationship. And I know that even as I say that, there's people like, you know, I don't know if I'm on board with what you said. I don't know if I believe in this whole thing about him creating us or even about Jesus being the son of God and Jesus dying and rising and all that. And you might even think, I'm not even pursuing God. Listen to me. You, may not be, you might not be pursuing God, but I'm here to tell you, your God is pursuing you so much so that he sent his son to die for you. That's how much he loves you. Oh, man. So, online, you're watching. He wants to be your father. Type, I choose Jesus. Type it in comments. Text it to 474747. In the room, those cards, you've got them. Note it on there. Man, I want to sell out to Jesus. I want to connect with God. It will change your life, I promise you, now and forever. This is the word of the Lord. Meadows Church, you know what I want to be known for? Our church, I'll close with this. Jesus said you should be known by the way you love. I want to be a church that's known for our love, yes. I want to be a church that we're known for our purpose, of course. I want to be a church that's known for reaching messed up people. We do that pretty well. I want to be a church that's known for prayer. That we believe nothing happens without it. That we are so committed to it that, that we believe that unless we pray, it doesn't matter what we do during the day. Why do I say that? Because Jesus said it. Matthew 21, 13. Jesus said to them, the scriptures declare that my temple, my temple 
his temple, his church, will be called a house of prayer. Why would he, why would he make such a big emphasis on prayer? He knows. It's the connector. He knows it's not results. He knows it's relationships. He knows because he lived it and he did it. He knew Jesus knew it because he knows that prayer was the method that God has chosen to align our hearts with his. He knows that, that prayer, prayer accomplishes. It's accepting the rights and privileges of a citizen of heaven. Jesus knows that prayer is declaring that God is mighty and that he is our father. Jesus knows that prayer doesn't just get the job done. Prayer is getting the job done. Prayer is the answer. Oh, that's the main point right there. Prayer doesn't just prepare you for greater things. Prayer is the greater thing. You need to know that. Oh, man. We're so focused on results, so focused on what God's going to do. Man, he's doing it, but he wants to connect with you and he wants to connect with me. Church, I'm excited about the series. You probably figured that out. I, I hope you grab your books online. There's a way for you to grab those as well. Meadows.church slash breakthrough. I want to pray for you. Your, your, your action item for this week, well, get the resource. Go online, check the, check the page out. Make sure God is your Father through Jesus Christ is the only way that can happen, calling on the name of Jesus and come back. That's it. Come back. Don't miss a week of this series. Don't miss online, I promise you. We're going to unpack something that Jesus taught and it's going to change our lives. I hope you believe it. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for your word and your truth. You're a good dad. And even saying that, Father, there's, it's, again, there's a lot tied to that title. I thank you, God, that when we tie you to it, it doesn't come with baggage. It doesn't come with hurt. It's not going to come with disappointment. It comes with grace. It comes with favor. It comes with love. It comes with mercy. It comes with forgiveness. It comes with second chances. That's what you do, Father. I declare today that we wanna be your house of prayer, that we want you to move in and through us. God, for, speak to whoever you're speaking to. Allow your Holy Spirit to work in the lives of these people. And God, I pray for every one of them that, you, that they will be responsive and do whatever you're telling them to do. They'll come back. They'll grab the resources. They'll get on their knees. They're not waiting for the 10th to start praying. We're starting now. Today is the day, God. Now is the time. This is our opportunity to live like no one else, to live purposeful, to live with you as our Father. If we do it, God, it'll change us. It'll deliver us. It'll strengthen us. And when that happens, it changes others around us. We want that. We need that. We're desperate for it, God. We thank you for it. We love you. And we declare that in this new year, the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray, and we all say, amen. Thanks so much for watching today, but don't stop there. We want to invite you to be part of our Meadows family. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to our Meadows YouTube channel. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend. I encourage you. So many people are looking for hope and encouragement, and you and I have the ability to bring it to them. So again, thanks for watching, and God bless you.